Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Take advantage of Johnson & Johnson's Winter Wellness Event and get rewarded. It pays to be prepared for the season. Get sweet deals from Johnson & Johnson's Winter Wellness Event now through December 3rd. If you purchase $15 or $25 of participating products at BJ's, you can get a $5 or $10 reward. Plus, you can even enter to win a Visa Rewards card. Purchase at BJ's, upload your receipt, and choose your reward. It pays to be prepared at BJ's. This episode of Crossing the Streams contains language and images that may offend some listeners and or viewers. If the cripple has it his way, the word nigger will fly. Discretion is advised. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They call the Ghostbusters and the end control. Had a throwing party for a bunch of children. Well, all the while, the slime was under the building. So they packed up, recruited, got a grip, came equipped, grabbed a proton pack from the back, then they split. Found out about Beagle, the master of evil. Try to battle my boys? That's not legal. This is producer Mike, and you're listening to the top two niggas on the Rabbit and Red Radio Network. That's right, it's Rob and Cody crossing the streams. Mike, you should have given us a goddamn second to react before you jumped right into the intro. The fuck was the point of doing that? Like, right before... You didn't even give us a nanosecond. God. Oh, anyway. That, that, that totally caught me off guard. <laughs> yes, and it would have been great to get that on the fucking camera. I had no idea he was going to – because I'm glad you didn't put that on for us beforehand. <laughs> oh, my God. Get that graphic off there. Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an all-new episode. Oh, shit, of- I'm on the screen. I didn't want to be here. I'm oh, my going. God. <laughs> Go away. Jesus Christ. Now, ladies and gentlemen, brand-new episode, Crossing the Streams. That's Rob. I'm Cody. Or that's Father Mahoney, and I'm daughter Cahody. Will you adopt uh, me, Rob? So I'm not your father figure this week? No, I'm I'm your daughter, daughter Cahody. Okay. You're, uh, you, yeah. Well, do as Daddy says. Okay. <laughs> hey, Daddy, can I say the N-word on this episode? I guess so, because we have the disclaimer now. Okay, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, welcome to an all-new episode. Before we get started, I want to make something perfectly crystal clear. 
this episode, at the end of it, we will be covering the New Jack episode of uh, uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Um, I'm going to have some thoughts on it. it, it might, I might end up saying some things that not, not a lot of people think I should be saying on a public podcast. Uh, but hey, that's how I am. I don't censor myself. I don't call words by the first letter of the words. So if it just so happens to be that I say a word you don't like, just let it slide this time, this one time around. That's why we had the disclaimer. Um, but that's the end of the episode. What is that? What 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 was that? That was um, Aaron passed out. That's Aaron passed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Aaron's uh, Aaron's wife was nice enough to uh, give us that image. Was he drunk? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, he's a lot more slim than I thought he was. I thought he was a fatter boy than that. <laughs> god damn. All right. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that will be towards the end of the episode. We will be talking about a lot more nicer things leading up to that moment. We might even play that disclaimer one more time before we get into the subject of the new Jack episode. But anyway, Rob. Welcome back. We uh, are a little bit late on this week, this month's episode. We were supposed to do it last Sunday. You want to talk about why we didn't go live last Sunday? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Rob, Rob uh, was, uh, was uh, lacking sleep, sleep, working uh, like double shifts, and then uh, I was basically passing out right when I got home. So uh, I, I, I had messaged Cody and sa- said, hey, man, I would love to do the episode tonight, but I, I was working on like two hours sleep doing like a 10 and a half hour shift and uh, I would have been no good to the show. And uh, I, I just want to put out quality material and I don't want to half-ass anything. So I thought it was best just to delay the show and uh, make you nice people wait one more week. Right. Although I'm not sure if people are going to be considering this week's episode, this month's episode quality, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you were going to end up passing out like Aaron was in those photos, huh? <laughs> I think I passed out worse because I don't actually remember walking into my room. Really? I, I felt, I must have just fell right into the bed and I woke up like eight hours later. Wow. I was, I was, yeah, I was out cold. Wow. Kind of yeah. like our, kind of like our producer, Mike was out cold during my, uh, episode of Father Mahoney's House of Horrors. Yeah. I heard about <laughs> What am I being censored? <laughs> Stupid. Um. Anyway, yeah. Um. You had to postpone that episode because of our very immature producer that uh, apparently likes poop jokes and fart jokes and all that. He's pretty much the 2016 reboot of Ghostbusters. That's how immature he is. <laughs> Hey, speaking of which, what a great segue into our tonight's first topic. Rob, do you like Ghostbusters? Is there something strange in the neighborhood? Who are you going to call? Father not, not Slimer. No, it's Slimer. Yeah. Daughter Cahody and Father Mahoney and yes, Mike Maloney. We are the real animated ghostbusters by the way 
Oh, are we? We're the real yes. ones. Yeah. <laughs> I they, think... they 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 based it off of us. Yeah, I figured because uh, you know our podcast, we chose it to be called Crossing the Streams. It's obviously a Ghostbusters reference. We have a graphic made by the great Aaron Poe, the Sleepyhead, um, for our show. That's very Ghostbusters heavy. So I figured that you know what this is episode three. We might as well do a Ghostbusters episode early on, and uh, why not? So, Rob, let's uh, start with the first movie. What? Okay. Tell me a little bit about your memories. With uh, We'll start with that. Maybe we'll start with our, our memories of growing up at, with the first movie and how we got introduced to it and stuff like that. So I'll let you go ahead first since you're the father. And since, since I'm the older one. Um, by a so, lot. Yeah, by a lot. Uh, so 1984, Ghostbusters. I was 13 years old. Uh, well, I was turning 13. I got to see this uh, in its release at the theaters. So uh, that is my strongest memory, being able to see something that was like totally unique to me. Because up, up until then, I only seen like um, sci-fi, but not like up to this extent, like Indiana Jones type sci-fi. So I never really got to see all this like cool special effects and uh, outrageous um, storyline that that Ghostbusters gave us. And I always, every time I think of Ghostbusters, I always uh, come back to the fact that what a great cast they put together for this movie. I mean, every every character uh, gets to play off another character. I mean, even the supporting cast like Annie Potts and Rick Moranis and uh, everybody has their role in this. Even the guy who uh, William Atherton, I believe his name is the uh, guy from the uh, what's it called? The um, like the, the city board who's, who's expect inspecting their, um, their house. Yes. Yeah. But I don't so, remember what the I, environmental I, protection agency, environmental protection agency. Yes. And he was talking about, uh, He's the guy that ended up blowing up Ghostbusters. And I just, I keep li living that line that he says, uh, Dickless here decided to shut it off. Is that true? Yes, this man has no dick. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the it's, it's everything about this movie. It's the special effects. It's the comedy. It's the camaraderie. It's uh, everything about this movie is, uh, is a great memory to me. So I, I think a lot of people would agree that Ghostbusters, it, the, the original Ghostbusters, is two things. It's lightning in a bottle, and it's one of the greatest movies ever made. It, it like You can't pick apart too much of this movie and say, well, here's flaws, and here's why it's bad, and here's, you know. Yeah. The, most you can say, the most you can say is that the special effects are outdated. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. You can't do nothing about that. It was 1984. Exactly. Um, but yes, it's 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 a movie about camaraderie. Camaraderie? How do you say that? Camaraderie. Camaraderie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they play off each other so great. Every every scene, it's it's yeah. It's like it's like they were meant to do this movie, all of them together. And the thing is, it's like I always explained Ghostbusters, the first movie, to people like this. The the events that take place in the movie are very unrealistic because it's about busting ghosts and all that. But the humor 
and the human interactions in the movie are the, some of the most realistic that you can have in a movie. It, 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 it really feels like real life, the way the deadpan humor is for throughout mo- – because there's really no one-liners for the most part, except for Winston's uh, I have seen shit that, you, you, that will turn you white. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe you wouldn't really say that to the mayor, especially in today's world. But, uh, you know, but other than those couple of lines that does get away with it and does a good job with it, there's not too many punchlines and one-liners and shit that will make you roll your eyes at and whatnot. Like, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty straightforward with the humor uh, and down to earth. I think the only character that might be the exception to that is uh, Lewis's character. Um, he, cause he's a little bit more out there, but that's how he's supposed to be. That's how he was played by Rick Moranis. And he does a fantastic job and he doesn't feel out of place with the movie. No, um, not at all. Let me ask you this. You said you were going on 13 when you saw the first one in theaters. Yeah. Was the movie, did, did it, did you feel like the movie was a little slow paced for you as a kid? No, but I, the way the opening scene is in the library, it almost plays off like it's a horror movie. The that, that whole opening scene, you know, because yeah. she she's hearing the noises, and then uh, when she finally sees what is making the noises, you see that like that horrific horrific scream she lets out. But then you you're reminded it's a comedy because the Ghostbusters theme hits right after that. So well, what do you think people were thinking in the theater? I mean, even if you saw the the trailer. It, yes, it made it clear, because I remember the original trailer. Um, the trailer made it look a little bit of a spooky movie. Um, and yeah, it looked like it had some humor in it. And anyone who noticed the SNL cast from that time period could have probably figured out, hey, there's going to be some humor in this movie. But do you think some people went in to Ghostbusters opening weekend of 84 and and didn't know, like, hey, is this going to be a scary movie? Is this going to be a humorous movie? Like, what do you think the general idea was from the crowd at that time? Well, I think the general idea was the fact that, you know, the, there's not many movies that were done about comedic ghost movies. So, yeah, I think the general idea was that maybe this is going to have some humor, but I think, it, I think people were thinking it's going to be scarier than it really was. Uh, well, but yeah, yeah. Go ahead. speaking of being scarier, uh, was there any, any, as a kid, was there any parts of, in it, in the original Ghostbusters that scared you at all, or, or at least made you a little uncomfortable and you didn't want to like, you wanted to turn away from it or something? Um, the two scenes in particular, the, the opening scene, like I mentioned until, until the Ghostbusters theme hit and, but then, uh, the, the introduction of goes of the Gozarian. I thought the uh, the Goza character was r- kind of scary. For, uh, you know, I never wait, seen I never wait, seen chicks like that before. Wait, you mean um, in the refrigerator, or what do you mean? No, it, uh, at on on top of the um, the building. That oh, scene. okay. So yeah. for me, there was also two scenes that because again, I wasn't even born when the first one came out. I wasn't born until yeah. November of '86. So you weren't thought I, of. You weren't thought of yet. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for that one, Father. I just, I just, <laughs> um, no, so I didn't get to see Ghostbusters for the first time until Jesus Christ, until I was, uh, ooh, I, it, I didn't start watching like movies and TV until I like I was probably close to like eight, nine years old, honestly, because like I just 
I, you know, I was, I liked video games when I was really young and, but I didn't really start paying attention to movies and all that until, I, you know, so it must've been close to 94, 95 before I, you know, first saw Ghostbusters. Um, I, I, I got it for, as a Christmas present, uh, you know, for the very first time, I remembered vividly the VHS box. It was that plain black box you know with a background with the red borderline and just the logo and the title like that and yeah. then the, and then the credits at the bottom of the box on the front um you know and uh i can't remember if they said it was from santa or from my parents i didn't give a shit which just give me the fucking movie um you know when i was a kid it was nice because all these things that i got into or my parents got me into or whoever got me into all of it was already out all of, you know, all the sequels are already out, all the movies. You know, it's the same thing with uh, all the Nightmare on Elm Streets, all the Friday the 13th and all that. Like, by the time the mid or late 90s rolled around, all of the movies were already out, you know, one through five, one through eight. You know, so I could just like, oh, I liked this movie one week and well, hey, the sequel's available at the video store. We can go rent it the next. So it was kind of nice for me as a kid, you know. Yeah. Um, so I I ended up like at a very very early age getting in like interested in you know that kind of stuff horror horror movie stuff ghosts monsters and all that and then naturally uh, my parents came to the decision like well he likes that type of stuff Ghostbusters is only PG let's introduce him to Ghostbusters so that's how that that happened um, when I was a kid I there was two scenes in the original movie that that I couldn't look at I had to turn away. The first one was uh, when the Ghostbusters uh, in the library, they first found the, the librarian and she like, you know, went all big and scary on them and they ran out. I had to turn away from that quick image. For some reason, that scared me as a kid. Yep. Um, and then the only other scene was when Dana opens up a refrigerator and is it Zool that's in there? Is that that dog? Yeah. 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 So uh, there, those are the only two scenes that uh, that I had to turn away from. Um, and then uh, other than that, like the movie just seemed very, it did seem very um, slow paced to me. I didn't really dislike that, but it at the same time, like it was to, as a kid, it was like, well, come on, get get to it, you know, get to the the scenes and all that. Um, shortly thereafter, I got introduced to the cartoon series somehow, because I, at that time in the mid nineties, it was, it was repeating uh, in syndication, uh, you know, the whole series was done and over with by the early nineties, but it was repeating. Um, so again, by that point, all the episodes were aired on television almost every day in the afternoon. I think that, I think they were airing at the time that. I was getting home from school. So it was like, it was perfect. I could get home from school and watch the real Ghostbusters. And then I got so attached to the cartoon series that since then, and still to this day, when I think of what iteration of Ghostbusters I like the most, it's, it's the real Ghostbusters. And that's why I asked you to watch a few episodes of the cartoon series. So we could give that a little bit of a conversation. Um, so, I'm going to let you take it away for just a second. Tell me 
in today's world, if you got to redo the first Ghostbusters movie, what would you do differently? Tell me a little bit about that, and also talk to me about some of the flaws that you can nitpick. And I use that word strongly, nitpick out of the first movie. Well, I will tell you what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't get the cast from the 2016 Ghostbusters. Um, you sex as <laughs> fuck! Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I know I'm going to get criticism for that, but you know what? That was, God, one of the God-awful movies I've ever seen. No worries. Um, I'll say the N-word just... later on, and it'll take the heat right off of you. <laughs> okay. But uh, what I would do differently is I would actually get a younger cast. Um, I kind of like what they did with Afterlife. I didn't see Afterlife, but I kind of like what they were doing with the uh, the continuation of the story and uh, having relatives of uh, Ghostbusters kind of revive the whole thing. I kind of like that idea. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm unclear I'm on about this. Did you, see the, did you see the movie? No, I haven't, but I've seen bits and pieces I've been watching on uh, YouTube for free. <laughs> don't fuck off with that shit. Don't even talk to me right now. Go ahead. All right, but uh, I don't think I would use kids as my... Uh, I, would th- I would probably use... Uh, older teenagers, maybe 19 and 20 year olds that kind of discover their past. And, um, right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if I like the whole kid angle. Like I said, I haven't seen it. So that's going to be your category when I, when we get to that, uh, yeah, I'll talk I, a little bit about it when we get there, I would kind of use the same, um, the, the thing that they did was bringing back the, the Gozer. And, um, I, I, I like Gozer. I, I was scared of Gozer when I was a kid, but I, I love the whole Gozer angle. Um, I think it's a worthy adversary for the uh, Ghostbusters. And yes, I would probably bring in some cameos. Um, I, I, I would have gave as much money to Rick Moranis as he wanted to get. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I think you might have misheard my question. What I meant to ask you was if you were to remake the original Ghostbusters scene for scene, like remake it. Uh, what I meant was, is, is there anything in the original? I'll let you finish your current thought, but is there anything in the original that you would have changed, uh, uh, switched, switched around, changed any of the music? Or, and do you think, is there any nitpicks about the original? I'm sorry, that was what I meant to ask you. Actually, nitpicks, um, not really. Um, I, I, think, I think the slower scenes you're talking about is uh, the character development scenes. Um, I could be wrong. But, well, no, no, let's not forget that was just my kid opinion. That's not my adult opinion now of it. Oh, all right, but uh, I would get rid of the whole um, boyfriend that um, Sigourney Weaver had. I don't think that uh, he was really necessary to the plot. I think yeah. he, I think he could have been out of it and still had that weird relationship between uh, Bankman and Sigourney Weaver. I think they could have just stayed with that. I, I think the whole Watching her at playing violin, I, I just I don't understand like why that was put in there because they never even talked about her musical background. So why would well, they need to put that in there? Well, not only that, but it was kind of creepy too. Like he just showed up at her violin show, and yeah. did she even invite him? I don't even think she invited him. No, I think she. I think he was kind of like obsessed with her, and that whole obsession angle kind of worked towards the end. Uh, like in the beginning, yeah, like you said, it was kind of creepy how we just like, hey, I'm gonna just show up at her rec- recital. Like, it, uh, 
and I not think, only that, not only that, that like forceful approach that worked in the eighties, but it's safe to say like, that's a very outdated way of doing it nowadays. So I yeah. guess if you redid the original movie, maybe make Vankman a little bit more slick about his approach instead of being so pushing himself, like forcing himself on you. Cause that, that was how he was in that movie. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing I would have changed is the relationship between, uh, Janelle and um, um, or was it? Hi, uh, Howard Remus's role. Um, Egon. Think, Egon. Yeah, I think they they could have pushed that angle a little bit more. I thought. Call, I, I, I thought. Did you call her Janelle? Yeah. yeah. What any pots? I know. Yeah, I know the actress name. Janine. Janine. Whatever. It's it's, it's, a, it's a fucking J. Janelle. So, yeah. And Slimer. And Slimer. But <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I actually like that relationship that they had. I, and you, 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 you almost see Egon kind of like getting grossed out by it in a way. But like, I think she was so lovable. Uh, I think that that relationship could have been pushed a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, there's not much I would have changed. Uh, there's not much I would still change. The only things I, the only two things I would change is what I already alluded to. I would make Vankman a little less creepy, um, but I would also bring Winston in a lot sooner into the movie. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how exactly I would do that. Ernie Hudson, he's a great actor. He just he glows on the screen, and over the years he has become. You know, I've always Vankman was always my favorite character. But like throughout certain phases of my life, I, I I've taken much more of a of a real like a I can relate a little bit more to other the other ones. I I like them all, but like lately it's like man, Winston is the fucking he's the one that's down to earth out of all of them, and I just I he he I think he steals a lot of the scenes that he's in honestly, especially the one when they're in the mayor's office. Um, so yeah, I'd bring him in sooner. Um, I'd actually, what else would I do? I'd make the Ghostbusters fuck up a little bit more because if you think about it, the first movie, they're not heroes. They're fuck ups. They're complete. Yeah. Fuck-ups. They, you know, Ray took out mortgages and all that to buy the house. And, and what they got uh, scammed on the car uh, also. And he, when he was explaining it to Peter, it was, that was a funny scene. They're complete yeah. douchebags in the first one. And I, I, Without taking it too, too far, I would have made them a little bit more douchier and a little bit more of, of fuck-ups. I mean, you know, the, the, the joke about the, the proton pack and the proton wand and all that is a typical man swinging around his wand, his dick. You know, that's basically the joke of, of the first movie. Um, you know, and they, they, they wrecked the hotel. And I to me, as far as the, the, the spectacle of the movie goes... Uh, that's actually something happening with, with special effects. That's probably the best part of the movie because that's when you first get to see them test drive their stuff. Yeah. Um, and they, the way they just fuck up everything, the way Egon pushed over that guy and made sure he was real when he was scanning it, like all that was great stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, and I also, I wonder if, Maybe I would have also not had it to where they even caught Slimer in the hotel. Maybe chased him a little bit more in, in other locations in the movie. Uh, that probably would have made the movie a little too long, so maybe not. But that it could it could have been a fun idea. 
Um, you know, because it wouldn't have made sense their very first time trying to bust a ghost. They didn't quite succeed. Like, that, it could have been all right. But again, the movie was the movie's already, I think, an hour and 45 minutes long. Like, you don't, you know what I mean? So I get it. Um, also, have you ever seen any of the deleted scenes from Ghostbusters? I have not. They're terrible. And I am glad that they cut them out. Uh, producer, if you happen to remember any of those deleted scenes, you can come in and comment on them if you'd like. I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever seen that either. But, uh, one of the deleted scenes is this, and I'm not fucking around with you on this. This is true shit. You know the scene where the uh, is it is it the other Zool or the other dog uh, chasing around Lewis in the park and all that? Yeah. There's a scene where they run. They they both run past a couple of bums, and the bums. Oh wait, he's coming on. You got something no, to say? No, no, no. Finish it. Finish well. No, I, I mean, I've said this on other shows, um, but I figure I, I'll regale you with the tale here, too, because I'm sure neither of you have listened to the other shows where I've said this. Right. Um, well, let me, finish, let me finish real quick just explaining it. Is that all right? My yeah, show. Thank you. That's exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, um, they, they, they run past two bums, and the two bums are played by Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. And they're just doing these weird accents and saying stupid shit. And it goes on for like, what does it go on for, Mike? Like two minutes? Yeah, it's, it was, it was, uh, it was a while. Cause yeah, cause I got the, uh, the 4K two pack with both of them. And I think they had all those it, deleted scenes on there. It, and stuff it is God awful. It is God awful. And I'm so glad that they cut it out. And then Mike, you can refresh my memory in a second here, but the only other deleted scene that I remember is the scene where Vankman is in uh, Dana's uh, apartment, and you know he's you know checking around supposedly for spirit activity, but he's also flirting with her pretty hard. Well, there's a deleted right. scene and an extended scene of that actual scene, and he's way like more on her, like not verb like verbally and and all that. He's just way more about it, right, Mike? Right. Right. So, well, it was 1984. It was a different time. So yeah, yeah <laughs> like I'm glad they cut that down. Anyway, go yeah. ahead, Mike. Okay. So anyway, now when I was a younger child, as much as I love Slimer, now look at this little picture. I love him so much. Yeah. Um, he he scared the hell out of me when I was a child, and I first saw Ghostbusters because much like um, Rob, I believe uh, you said you were 13. Rob, yep. right? Yeah. I was um, five years old when Ghostbusters came out. So I, I went to the theater to see it. I think I saw it all of um, six times. And Slimer always scared me in that first movie. Um, but now there was one scene that I could have sworn that I saw in 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 the movie like back in the theater and I, you know, and I haven't seen it like since. So I'm thinking it was just a part of my imagination, but it's like kind of like stuck with me where Slimer is. Okay. So remember when they get off the elevator and they go to the maid and they, they fire off the, the proton pack and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And all that shit, right? Now, I had thought that I saw Slimer on the fucking floor 
like after they they blasted the fucking maids cart and he's on the floor fucking like a green sock puppet and he's all fucking wrinkled and he's like and fucking that 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 scared the fuck out of me i used to fucking dream that he was like coming up through my covers in the middle of the night and fucking eating my feet and pulling me onto the floor. As long as he's not sexually molesting you, right? Well, I would have yeah. taken that. At least you didn't have the type of uh, wet dream that Ray had in the movie that was very out of place for the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, no, oh, I agree. Oh, but... that was another deleted scene. Another deleted scene from Ghostbusters has an extended version of that scene where he's he's dreaming about the ghost woman unzipping his pants to give him a blowjob. Yeah. That I can't remember what's extended about it, but there's an extended version as a deleted scene that makes it a yeah. little bit more creepy. You actually see a penis in, in her mouth? No, 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 no. It's just a little bit more. Yeah, you would like that, wouldn't you? That was the X-rated Ghostbusters. I'm sorry. Yeah, Father Fruitcake. That the the X-rated. <laughs> I have the uh, X-rated Ghostbusters. It stars Ron Jeremy and Alexis Texas. It's by Hustler Video. You should go check it out. Is Slimer wait, in it? Wait a minute. Is there really a, a, a X-rated Ghostbusters? Yeah, look it up. I can't grab it because you know my hands are all fucking. Cr it's called. It's called. This ain't Ghostbusters Triple X. It's by Hustler's Hustler Video. <laughs> is, is Slimer it, 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 in it? I think so, but they make a, their own theme song in it, and it goes something like, this ain't no game, but it's lots of fun. Who are you going to fuck? Ghostbusters! <laughs> Who are you going to bone? You know, it's, it, 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 the song that they have in it is pretty fucking funny. Uh, this has to be our new theme song. <laughs> Who are you going to bone? Who are you going to fuck? You know, it's, it's really funny. But Yeah, I, I need to find Slimer on the floor. And uh, I'll, I'll show you guys if I can find it. It doesn't exist. You, it was, that was your imagination. Okay, I'm glad you're gone. Anyway. <laughs> where are we with it? Yeah, so it has deleted scenes. I would honestly say if, if they didn't cut out the, if they didn't cut out those deleted scenes and extended scenes, it might have bogged the movie down and it might have gave the movie a, a odd feel to it. But luckily, they they cut out. It, it's one of those movies that every scene, deleted scene, and extra scene that uh, that you see on like special features that got cut out. You're glad it got cut out because it just didn't yeah. fit with the movie. Um, but man, you know, and I've told so many people this, and you know, if anyone comes into our chat room, which hopefully, which I'm not surprised no one's here because we didn't promote this episode, which we should have, but. Uh, you know, it, it, I've told so many people over the years that, like, I feel like Ghostbusters 84, um, it has the perfect pace to it. You know, it starts off with a bang, slows down for a little while, so you can have character development and funny moments and, and good humor and just all that camaraderie that you were talking about, just all of that. Um, and then as the movie reaches its third act, it, it has a pretty big climax. It has a pretty big moment at the end, you know, a few different moments. Um, yeah, I thought Gozer looked awesome. You know, Gozer was originally going to be played by Pee Wee. Did you know that? No, I did not. 
Yeah, Pee Wee Herman was supposed to originally play uh, Gozer, I believe. Mike, you can come in and correct me if I'm wrong about that, but I think that's the truth. I don't remember what the story was, why that changed. I don't know if he got in some sort of trouble at that time period or or what it was. But, uh, yeah, and then they, they changed it. I could you imagine that, like, if Pee Wee Herman actually did play Goz, uh, Gozer? Like, that? looking back on it, that would probably have been pretty terrible. I'm right? your guy! I'm your guy! <laughs> Choose the destructor. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> <Buzzy. that's... laughs> okay, that was he really. He really just came in for a second just to laugh, cry. I think we were making the Pee Wee Herman things as he was coming in. And he just like, oh, is that what it, Mike? Is that what it was? Did you were you coming in to say something, and then I did the the, the Pee Wee thing. <laughs> you stole my bike. <laughs> you stole my. Are you a cat? <laughs> you stole my dogs. <laughs> hey, welcome to Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably how he would have sounded too. <laughs> the perfect Huey. And then like and then like just no, just imagine for one second if um Pee-wee was Gozer and Ray chose a form of the structure instead of stay puffed. It was just the, like the big blue head of that magician and the, with the head and you know what I mean? Mecha yeah. lecha high, mecha hiney ho. That fucking guy scared the shit out of me. Could you imagine a gigantic him blue head, just, just stomping all over fucking New York like that. Mecha lecha high, mecha hiney ho. And goes was like, ha 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 ha. I wonder if Mike's going to take a deep breath and come in and say whatever he wanted to say. But yeah, that whole thing with Gozer uh, saying, uh, are you a god? Well, no. Then, and then he like knocks them all over. And Ernie Hudson says, next time someone says, if you're a god, you say yes! Yeah, that's that's all good shit. Um... I guess the only thing, if I had to nitpick, like it was pretty unbelievable that when they crossed the streams and destroyed, you know, the the doors and all that, you know, and it blew up, it was pretty goddamn unrealistic that they survived that. Because, well, well how, where did they hide? You know, I know they hide maybe a couple, behind a couple of pillars or walls or whatever, but Jesus Christ, they would have been burnt to a crisp. You know, not just, you know, I don't know. Like, as a kid. I was very much like, huh? Like, that doesn't make much sense. And as an adult, I'm still like, eh, that doesn't make much sense. You know, but whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. That, uh, this is coming from this is coming from a man who loves the Resident Evil movies. And those none of those movies make sense. So, what were you going to say? I said, uh, you have to suspend disbelief, though. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I, that's what I tell everyone. Don't don't nitpick. You know, if you're watching a movie for it to be realistic, go watch a, a romantic drama or something. Don't watch a horror movie or an even or even an action film because hardly any of it is is realistic. You know? Yeah, like I'm, 
You said a romantic drama. It's a romantic <laughs> comedy, you crippled son of a bitch. <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> Mike, come back in and say whatever the fuck you were going to say earlier. Earlier before fucking uh, you started <laughs> all that bullshit. Get back in here. Come on. Yep. Come on now, get back in here. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, here we go. Mike, I'm not that goddamn funny. Get on back in here. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. I just came in to laugh. Oh, fuck okay. off. <laughs> anyway. So that's Ghostbusters 1. Before we move on to the next one, any last uh, comments, any last notes on the first one? Uh, no. Who are you going to call? Rob and Cody. There we go. That's the last comment. And Slimer. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, the first one's lightning in a bottle. And you know what? I was watching a review the other day of um, Afterlife. Uh, they're pretty much shitting on it, but that's okay. I don't, you know, get all pissy about other people's opinions about movies I like. And again, I'm a Resident Evil movie franchise fan, so I'm used By to By the it. way, that comes out January 11th. What? Uh, Afterlife. Afterlife comes out on disc and digital and whatever, January 11th. Oh, wow, that's soon. Anyway. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Same with Halloween Kills for anybody that cares. The extended edition. That, that's not what this episode's about. That's, that's not what this episode's about. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. Thank you, bitch. Anyway, um, so that's Ghostbusters 1. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Ghostbusters 2. Uh, yeah, there there it is. Yeah. Good old Alec Baldwin. Good thing he wasn't. Good. <laughs> that's, I haven't seen that one. Jesus Christ. That's a good one. Um, good thing Baldwin wasn't involved with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Someone would have actually got burnt to, cr- to a crisp with those proton packs, huh? Yeah, he uh, he would have shot uh, Slimer. Um, yeah, there the, the the proton packs wouldn't have been loaded with bl- blanks. That's for goddamn sure. So anyway, hey Mike, uh, if Alec Baldwin was in the movie, he would have he would have shot Slimer in the face. Yeah, yeah, Just- exactly. He would have accidentally shot um, Winston, and then there would have been an actual good reason why Ernie Hudson never gets credited on the posters or DVD artwork or anything. Anyway, so let's go on to Ghostbusters 2. <sighs> now, this is the one where I want to invite our producer on to have most of the conversation with us, because me and him have, um, the, I think, somewhat of the same opinion on Ghostbusters 2, and it's not really quite what the majority thinks. So... Mike, you're welcome to come on in and have a talk with us about this if you would like. I'll go ahead and start. Um, I like Ghostbusters 2. I like it as a standalone film. And what I mean by that is, yes, there are a lot of similarities to the first. And yes, those similarities don't stack up exactly to the same quality as the first one. But... If you don't compare it like that, which a lot of people were doing, I think, back in 89 or whatever year it came out. If you don't fucking look at it like that, you know, and when it first came out, maybe it shouldn't even have been called Ghostbusters 2. Maybe it should have just been called like Ghostbusters and then a subtitle along with it, kind of like nowadays, Afterlife, Answer the Call, whatever the fuck, you know. Ghostbusters Return. 
Yeah, yeah, it could have been Ghostbusters Return or Ghostbusters but without tobacco or, you know, something like that because, you know, they don't smoke in the second one. Um, or Ghostbusters, the long toy commercial. Or Ghostbusters. And Slimer. Anyway, that was that's so funny. Anyway, so Mike. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 has better special <laughs> effects. It has better special effects, right? I would argue, I would argue that Ghostbusters 2 has better music. I love the soundtrack of Ghostbusters 2. I had the fucking soundtrack on cassette tapes, and I fucking played that on the fucking when I was going to fucking camp shortfoot with the crippled kids. I played that. I took my Walkman to camp so I wouldn't, so I could drown out the fucking crippled kids on the bus. Great. So. For anyone, <laughs> I did. I did the huge all over it. Um, no, uh, I did wear it out though. I played fucking that on our own by Bobby Brown. Fucking Jesus Christ! I must have fucking played that over and 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 over. So. Wow. For anyone who needs a little bit of a refresher of the mind uh, of what some of the music was like in Ghostbusters 2, here, let me redo a little clip from one of those songs. It goes a little bit like this. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They caught a ghost buses at the AM control. How to throw a party for a bunch of children. All the wild slime was under the pill. So the pack up the bitch and the bitch and the bitch. Pops in the middle of the motherfucking year. That's how it goes. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. It was something like that. Wow, now I'm seeing stars in my eyes. Oh, you, know, you, know, you know what's fucked up? When I first heard that song, and he said, Slimer, I got all, like, giddy, and I started screaming and got all excited. Um. <laughs> by then, he was my friend, you know? He was Helper Slimer, my friend. So I was, yeah. like, loving it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um. <laughs> he was... <laughs> okay. Calm it down now. Calm it down. Calm it down. Anyway, so if you if you don't compare Ghostbuster, yeah, I'm actually glad you took a break from the broadcast, Mike. You need to compose yourself. Too hot to handle. Cool. Anyway, I'm not going to do that again. Um, He'll never stop laughing. Yeah. If you don't compare Ghostbusters one and two, Ghostbusters two is a good movie, and it's a better it's a better made movie as far as the pacing goes, the special effects, the the cinematography. It's a beautiful looking movie. Like you look at that movie now and on Blu-ray, 4K, whatever the fuck, and it it doesn't look as old as it is. It, yeah. It's a well made movie, and contrary to what people some people are saying. I do like the jokes in Ghostbusters too. They're a little bit more on the nose, but I think they still work. Because again, it's a different movie. It's not the first one. They they're, they at least tried to do something slightly different. Yeah. Um, Vigo, the Carpathian, I like him way way better as a villain than Gozer. That's just me. I think Vigo is a very like intimidating character. Go ahead. 
I think he's more intimidating. Well, you, or you just said it, uh, but uh, he definitely is more intimidating. And he, I, I think he has a scarier look to him too also. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he does. Like he just, he looks menacing. He, he looks very menacing. Like he could definitely, like he could have an offspring and have a horror movie. That's how scary he is. Did you know, and this is another thing that our producer can come in and, and help me explain a little bit better, but did you know that it was either the the actor who played him? I don't think it, no, it wasn't the guy who voiced him because there's two different, there's a different guy who voiced Vigo and then there's the guy who played Vigo visually, like in the costume and, and all that. Did you know that the guy who played Vigo was a complete, disgusting, evil douchebag? He there was evidence, I guess, that he actually tortured people and shit like that. Mike, do you know about this? Come on in and help me with this information. Either that or research it real quick and find it. But um, yeah, could you imagine like if they made Ghostbusters two today and then information came out about the actor who played the villain and found it was found out that he was like a real life torture fetish guy. Like, you know what I mean? The movie would be ruined. Yeah, because of social media, and they didn't have social media back then. Yeah, so, uh, well, any that anything that even gets out of that that closed circle and gets onto the internet, even for like one little post, it spreads like wildfire. Yeah, and, yeah, so. it it does. Um, but no, he uh. I, I, I think he died uh, before they even found anything out about it. So there's not like you could do anything about it, you know, once people found out who he, what kind of a person he was. But I think that plays into why he looks so naturally menacing in the movie, because he was a naturally a very evil man, from what I heard. Mike, yeah. anytime now you can come in and, and back up these claims of mine or whatever, if you're done giggly laughing. I don't know. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> All right, research it real quick and come back later and let me know if I'm right about this or not. Yeah, you're, the you're the producer. Research. Yeah, you, pull up Google or something and, and research it real quick. But anyway, a few minutes ago we were talking about if there was any scenes from the first movie that scared us. Ghostbusters 2 had one scene in particular that scared the fuck out of me for years. It took me a while to get into You Do you know what scene I'm referring to? I'm assuming it's with Vigo. No, it's the scene where they're down in the tunnels and they run into those, the, the heads on the sticks. The heads on the sticks, yeah. Oh my God, like that, that part just has a completely more intense feel to it than the rest of the whole entire movie, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, that part scared the shit out of me for a while and... I don't know. So that was another one of those scenes. It's like, I got to look away, you know, when that scene comes up. And then just the the audio of that, like it, it, the audio of it was way scarier than the first one with the other scenes. Yeah. Um, I will say that I do think it's a, it was a little, the ending was a little bit more weak, you know, with uh, using an NES uh, Advantage controller to walk the Statue of Liberty down. Statue of Liberty, yeah. That was... Uh, I, mean, I, know this, I know this is a far-fetched movie, you know, with far-fetched things like busting, but that that was even too far-fetched for the movie. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was too much. I mean, the ending of the first movie was so epic with Stay Puft and Gozer, and they had to cross. Yes. 
first off, you're a pussy for being afraid of that team, number one. And uh, number two, I did do some quick research. Um, can you still hear me? I don't know if I still have video or yep. not because I switched yep, to another yep, window. Yep, 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 um, yep, yep. You can still hear okay, you. Okay, so, so I found this. Um, let's see. Um, from October 28, 2015. Read this. Ghostbusters 2, Vigo the Carpathian was a real son of a bitch. And then they said, I can only say he was a crude, bigoted asshole. That was the assessment of Ghostbusters 2 producer Michael C. Gross when asked to give his opinion of Norbert Group, the wrestler-turned-boxer-turned-actor who portrayed a villainous medieval tyrant in the 1989 sequel. Journalist Sean Ravives, eye-opening the hateful life and spiteful death of the man who was Vigo the Carpathian, more than bears out Gross's opinion as it tells the disturbing fact of Norbert Group's unenviable life, including an incident in 1959 when Norbert, Norbert raped his father's wife, Ursula. He was born in Berlin, 1940. Um son of somebody um <laughs> he was that's, that's worse than what i fucking remember hearing <laughs> he was wait 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 he was a wrestler and a boxer in his own right father and son wrestled as a tag team called the viking before norbert struck out on his own as a wrestler and a boxer under the name prince wilhelm von omberg playing up the role of the ultimate German baddie, a decision even he admitted was bad for his career. Amongst other decisions. Let's see. Norbert's boxing career was rife with bitter disappointments, as when he was disqualified during an important match for headbutting in 1966, and he sabotaged his own prodigious talent with excessive consumption of drugs and alcohol. Norbert's life is one of the most dangerous ones I've ever known, testifies a friend. Eventually, Norbert's her- harsh lifestyle took a toll on, the, on his once beautiful appearance, but he did manage to occasionally find work as a character actor in films like Die Hard, where he played one of Hans Gruber's thugs and died off camera in an elevator yeah. shaft. I remember that. The I didn't realize it was I didn't realize that was him, but yeah, I guess that Wait, was he the one where uh Bruce Willis wrote ho 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 on him? I believe so. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. I believe so. Wow, I didn't um, know that. Let's see. Ghostbusters 2 was released yeah, a year he, after his father's played, death. He played Thornburg, right? Uh, I believe so. I'll check that out. Yep. Let's see. He, let's see. His character. Um, it was Norbert's ticket to pop culture immortality, but he deeply resented the fact that his character's voice was overdubbed and that he spent most of the film in an immobile portrait in a museum. Norbert Group ultimately wound up broke and essentially homeless dying of prostate cancer in 2004. 
I, nothing better could have happened to him being that he was raping his, uh, did you say his father's wife? His father's wife, Ursula. And it says, as Raviv's article reveals, he was such a thoroughly unlikable guy that he even used his de- that he even used his death as a way to get belated revenge on his half sister. What? All right. This this uh, brings the question: Why would they hire this man now? <laughs> exactly. I well, wonder. They probably didn't know it at the time. Let's 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 look at something a little a little happier. Can I put something happier up on the screen for a second? Go ahead. I yeah. We need a palate cleanse. There it is. Yeah. There. Uh, yeah. So and and. In closing, we'll, we're going to move on from this subject, but in closing, v, the guy who played Vigo live action was an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. I didn't know he was fucking raping his father's wife. Jesus Christ. Oh, Ursula, you come here and I stick my cock in your pussy. Oh, God. Was that, was that a I Benny Hill impression? Huh? Was that a Benny Hill impression? Oh, God, I don't know. He said, I will give you the sorrow of Mondavia. <laughs> In- I, will give, I will give you my vicious sword. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, moving on from that, um, back to the characters in the world of the, of the second movie. Um, there are some things in the movie that are rehashed poorly. Um, you know, the Ghostbusters get arrested again. Yeah. And the and you know, that whole angle is rehashed again. And that that does bog the movie down a little bit. Um because yeah. a lot of that is rehashed. Uh and, and again, unfortunately, the finale at the museum with the the the, the fucking statue lit that it was just subpar. Yeah. I will tell you, one of the best parts of the movie was the guy who played Janosch. Uh, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was great. He just gave it his all. Not every single line he delivered was funny, but it was uh, it was good shit, I thought. Uh, you know, I thought that as a kid, and I think that as an adult. I'm trying to think of his name now. His uh, last name is McNichol. I remember that. but uh, like, Didn't he also play in the, one of the Addams Family movies? I've seen him in other Peter things. McNichol. Yeah, Peter, Peter McNichol. Peter McNichol. And he was in Bean the movie in 1997. He was also in um, a Dragon Slayer in uh, 1980, I believe it was Dragon Slayer. Yeah, and plus he has a line at the end of Ghostbusters 2 that uh, almost all of my business partners say when I'm done with them, and that's why am I drippings with goo? Oh, okay. Yeah, that caught me off guard. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway. Uh, I tell you, one scene I really liked though uh, was actually with the introduction of the Ghostbusters again, but this time they're doing uh, birthday parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was clever. He-Man. Yeah, they yeah they fall from basically they they show it how they fall from grace. I, I I just wanted to say something real quick. Uh, I want to show that picture again and uh, take note. This is what God wrote after he killed him from prostate cancer. Yeah, now I have a machine gun. It kind of makes sense because, like, that, that's what he kind of deserved. You know, he the way he looked in Die Hard, he looked like a fucking evil rapist. He just looked evil. God. But, um, 
Ghostbusters 2, well, there's not much else you can say about it. It is a good movie. It's, it, you know, it, the, is, it is a good movie. The first one, it's a, it's a five out of a five. The, the second one, I'd give it maybe, I'd give it maybe a, a three and a half to a four out of five. It's not as bad as people try to say it is. It's a, it's fucking, a fucking million out of five. Uh, Mike, it's a 3.65 out of five. Yeah. It's Mike, not perfect. I, I Mike hates when I do that. I will say this. Ghostbusters 2 is better than The Cur- Curse of Michael Myers. It is. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to yeah. just with you. But that's for another show. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's another show. We ain't getting topic of stupid-ass Michael Myers and all Curse that shit. Curse of Michael Myers is the greatest film of all time, fucker. Doesn't beat Slimer. Sorry. <laughs> Get out of here. Anyway, um... <clears throat> Quick, quick question for producer Mike. If you had a chance to fuck either one, would it be Slimer or Donald Pleasance? Slimer would be more lubed up, right? I would do a double team. We would have a menage a trois. <laughs> you only know what that menage a trois means from Bride of Chucky. At least that's when I learned what that meant. It's a menage a trois. Anyway. I it when I was younger. Okay, because cool. I was you. experienced in that world. Yeah. I also know all the women in your life left you. So what do you got to say about that? Anyway, so uh, Ghostbusters 2. But they were all dripping with goo. Why am I dripping with goo? <laughs> and then Pee would be like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> Ghostbusters 2, what would you change about it? Well, not really, actually, the ending, that's it. Just the um, ending? Would you yeah. Would you have given that movie... Would you have made it to where, like, like Vigo became, like, a huge, like, giant or something instead of Statue of Liberty? No, I, I, I think... I think I, I liked Vigo's character. Not, not the man, obviously, but the character was great. <laughs> um, the music... Yeah, the final scene is good. I do like the music. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I do like that. I'm giving your love! <laughs> but they definitely get... And I, nothing wrong with the Statue of Liberty. I think it was just out of place in this movie. But she's French. You know that, right? Yes. yes. So why, why is she representing America, by the way? Yeah, it's a good question. So. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I would, uh, I, 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 I like setups where the scary villain is trapped behind something for a certain, certain portion of a film. Um, I'll also reference Hellraiser 3 on, on this subject. I really liked how Pinhead, uh, was trapped in that, um, you know, that, that big, uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That thing, <laughs> the big statue thing. Uh, he he was stuck in it. Um, I like that because it kind of gives you that build up that the villain is all powerful, but they can't show it just yet because they're trapped in something. I I like that a lot. I I love that idea for a, a horror movie or something like that. And then at a certain part of the part of the movie, you just let them bust out and then cause havoc. Um, that's what happened in Hellraiser three. <clears throat> he dropped, he got out of there and then he killed 300 people or so in the, in the boiler room. 
we'll yeah. get on that subject on another day. Maybe someday down the line we'll do a Hellraiser retrospective. You never know. But anyway, um, and I so I like that about this movie. I like that Vigo was in the painting, and it was kind of creepy. Like, you know, like was didn't you ever have a moment when you were a kid when you would look at a painting or a picture? Go ahead. Actually, that was because I was eighteen then, and I was still kind of like. I don't know if you call me pussified, but uh, I, I really wasn't into a lot of horror movies at, at that point until about, no, I started getting into horror bus like late 16, but yeah, when I saw the Vigo painting, I would, I, I, I would go to museums and I would like look at shit like that. Like, I wonder if it's watching me and, uh, but you know, I think that's what it was purposely there for. Like you said, it's, it was trapped in something and it's, and you're kind of waiting for it that moment where it's, it comes out so it can do all the destruction. Right. For me, it was mannequins. I, when I was, I grew out of it, but when I was younger, I was afraid of like mannequins and stuff that looked like a human being could really be in there and, you know, stuff like that. Like for some reason that was what was more scarier to be like wax dolls and, and you know, I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I maybe the only thing that could have been different was maybe uh, letting Vigo be a little bit more of a menace once he got out of the painting because that he's right. Like that didn't happen until the very end of the film, and I, I don't know. They, they probably could have done a little bit more with that. I, I'm not saying go like batshit crazy like they did with Hellraiser three on that. Yeah. Wait, why am I a pussy? Wouldn't it be Father Mahoney's a pussy? Like you just. Whatever, Mike. You're a fucking retard. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's all. That's pretty much the only thing I would have changed. Because like, there, what else could you do? The first one was lightning a bottle. You can't make the second one lightning in a bottle. But I think that they did the best that they could for the most part. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the last topic that we have to talk about in uh, for the Ghostbusters subject is the real Ghostbusters. I had asked Rob to watch a select couple of episodes that's available on YouTube, uh, and we're going to have a quick discussion about that before we get into the segment that's going to offend everyone. So, Rob, you have, you've had no exposure until this past week, right, to the well, real Ghostbusters? Actually, what's funny is when I when I started watching, uh, I started watching Doctor Doctor first, and when I when I saw the beginning, I I do remember watching it, but I don't remember like ever like finishing the episodes. So like, uh, but yeah. So uh, my thoughts, I thought they did the voices really good. Um, I was I was sh shockingly surprised how good they got the characters. Um. I was confused why Slimer was their friend now. <laughs> That's just how it was in the cartoon. Yeah, I know. And see, I'm, I'll tell you what, before I even say anything else, I'm not really a cartoon person. So, mm -hmm. like, and, and to say that they suspended disbelief, I would actually be trashing the movies, too, because you're suspending disbelief watching the movies. So I really can't say that about this, but... I did like the Slimer character. I thought uh, they used him really well. I, I liked. I got to see all of them that you sent me, except for that the Cometh one. The Boogeyman Cometh. That's a shame because that is one of the best episodes of the series. Um, a quick yeah, note I, on. Go ahead. I clicked back. I clicked back on the link and went because uh, I had watched Doctor Doctor. And once I clicked on the link again, I was going to watch the Boogeyman Cometh, 
and it was gone. So I, I ended up watching the uh, Halloween Never Ends one. Yeah. And, and then I was I, I was hoping maybe I, I I clicked it wrong or something. And then I even researched it myself. And the only things I could find on the Boogeyman Cometh were reaction channels talking about the Boogeyman Cometh. Yeah, that's a goddamn shame because that is one of the best episodes. Oh, well. Um, I, so real quick. The only uh, most of those episodes that I uh, recommended to you, most of them are pillars of the series, and most of those were fan favorite episodes. Doctor Doctor is not one of them. The only reason I asked you to watch Doctor Doctor is because it's based in like a hospital with a disease that they had. So I figured it was just like time, very timely. So you know, just, and plus it has some hilarious moments in it. Um, the the scene where the doctor is uh um. Re- looking at the the eyeball and all that, and then you, it pans out, and you see that he's like behind a fucking like wall, and then it's like, oh, and if I had anything to worry about, you would know it. It's like that that shit was funny. I thought that they they made the doctor very hilarious in that episode. Yeah, and didn't they uh, play off of the original movie too on that one? And Doctor Doctor, which one was that one that they that, that they used the. Uh... The, the scenes with uh, Slimer slimed uh, Bankman and oh no that um you're thinking I think you're thinking of S- Citizen Ghost yes Citizen Ghost so I, I, that's the reason why I wanted you to watch Citizen Ghost is because it's directly linked to the movie and it explains why they have different uh, colored jumpsuits yeah um and they reference Gozer it, it takes it take the flashback scene in Citizen Ghost takes place right after they get done with Gozer and it explains why Slimer went back to the firehouse and why how they it became their friend Citizen Ghost is a very important episode it's not one of my favorite episodes but it's an important episode yeah i um, I, I enjoyed all three that i ended up getting to watch except for obviously i didn't get to see Boogeyman cometh maybe that will show up sometime but Oh God! In a future episode, if I, because when we were talking last night, I was actually doing another Google, like I was doing a quick YouTube search, see if I could just find someone that fucking videotaped it and put it on you, but I couldn't find a goddamn thing. Yep. The only lists that people have of those cartoon episodes is just linked right to those. The complete series on Blu-ray. Good for you. I have that. I hate you, motherfucker. I hate you, motherfucker. Like, you know, you come in I'll and send you it like a complete series on Blu-ray, Rob. It's three discs. It's all the series. It's all the episodes. You'll have all of them. I'll send it to you. <laughs> that's that's all he lives for is to fucking like buy things. Don't watch them and just send them to people. Yeah. Dara, I, I finally hooked up the damn Blu-ray that he sent me like. I, I never got a Blu-ray. From I someone watched before. all the Ghostbusters cartoons. I watched that whole three disc series. I fucking love it. Okay, well then, real quick, real quick, don't go anywhere. All the time. Okay, then, real quick, what's some of your favorite episodes? Um, I don't really remember them by name too much, but because I I like them all pretty much. Get out of here. He's all. I mean, anything that that Slimer's there, he's just like, and I just, I love him so much. Explain, explain a couple of the episodes to me. Cute motherfucker, look at him. He's so cute. He's adorable. I I just, I I can't get enough of him. Okay, so 
explain some of the events and some of the episodes, and I'll tell you. Look, Slimer just blew his load in Peter's face on that and that clip right there. And Peter's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember um, any of the I, episodes? Do you remember I do anything? Like, I do like the. I do like the. The the one that that Rob didn't get to watch the um the the Halloween one I do like the uh, the no, Sandman got, one. He got to watch the Halloween one. He didn't get to watch the Boogeyman one. Oh, that's yeah. The Boogeyman one is the one that I really I like that one a lot. Yeah, that and 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 you brought up a good, that one. I was a kid. I don't remember if the Sandman episode was on that list, but I should have suggested that one to you if it was there because the Sandman episode's great. Well, I can still watch it after the show. We'll we'll do yeah. a quick, we'll do a quick talk next week on it. Yeah, yeah, we could. No, not next week. You mean next month? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I can only do I can only do one episode a month. <laughs> for a second, I thought it was on Tales of the Crypt. Yeah, for a second, I wondered if Mike uh, was going to go rob a bank or if someone turned down the thermostat in his house. Because why the fuck he's got his hood up like that? Anyway. Yeah, blowing a load right in Peter's face. Um, anyway, the cartoon series is important. It 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 gave the it gave the characters much more of, of a fleshed out personality. I think. Yeah. Um, it, it's 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 so fucking good. Like just rewatching some of the episodes that I have in the last few days. Um, I think it has better humor. I like some of the jokes in these episodes are good shit. Like it's, it's not like, yeah, there's some silly immature things that of course happen and it's a kid's cartoon, but it's also made for adults and there's a lot of adult humor and, in, in some of these episodes. So I don't know. It, it's, it's good shit. Um, I really enjoy them. So uh, I'm kind of glad you got, you sent them over. Yeah. Well, we got, we finally got someone watching us. Crystal. Uh, that's, that you- yeah. That's uh my soon-to-be ex, she's, she's cool, though. Oh, you're soon-to-be ex? Oh, goddamn. Well, hi, Crystal, Miss Soon-to-be ex. Uh, got a, I got a question for you, Crystal. Have you ever watched The Real Ghostbusters? And if you have, do you have any favorite episodes? While she's answering that question, do you do you think she's ever watched any? She is your ex, so you would know, right? I don't think so, but I, I know she really likes the Ghostbusters movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway... Yeah, okay, Mike, we've seen that picture too many times, you fucking idiot. Um, what else is there to really say? Ghostbusters. I, I wonder, and this is something I was going to say earlier before the producer fucking cut us off, but I watched this one review show on YouTube, and they were reviewing uh, Afterlife, and they had made, the one guy made a pretty good point uh, that I wanted to reiterate, and he said that, they should have just made the original Ghostbusters movie and left it at that. And, you know, I wonder if he's right. Because even though the second movie's good, even though the cartoon series is good, it none of it ever reached the level of the original movie. And, you know, because of greed and because blasphemy, of money... Blasphemy, motherfucker. Blasphemy. Anyway, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen. I'm glad your hood's off, Mike, you ugly son of a bitch. Um, yeah, Ghostbusters is great, uh, and then the movie and the cartoon series is good. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So now we are an, about an hour and 15 in, 
I think people are ready for us to get a little offensive. We're going to have a quick little conversation about uh, some – go ahead. Before we go to uh, a little break here, um, I just want to make a mention that Rabbit and Red Radio, the uh, YouTube channel you're watching right now, on Apple is now at number 163 out of almost like 2 million uh, podcasts that stream on Apple. So I just want to say uh, awesome job, Mike, Mr. Producer. Awesome job by everybody on the network, including me and Cody, which we carry this shit, but yeah. 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 I, what does that have to do with what we just said? Like, well, I don't get it. I swear, Christ, Mike just wants to put random fucking clips in, like, just randomly. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. But, but on that note, Mr. Producer, can you roll the footage? Does he know what footage we're talking about? This episode of Crossing the Streams contains language and images that may offend some listeners and or viewers. If the cripple has it his way, the word nigger will fly. Discretion is advised. <laughs> I love, I love, and by the way, real quick, before I go on, just want to quick give my own quick disclaimer. Nothing that I say from this point on to the end of this episode only uh, is reflected by Raven Red Radio, even Rob or anyone else involved with our network or the producer or anything like that. With that being said, I love. Well, Your Honor, we've got plenty of hearsay and conjecture. Those are kinds of evidence. Okay. With that being said, the way that the um, the British automated woman says the word nigger is really fucking funny to me. Like it, that's just really funny. Like I can't call it the N word because she said it, so like whatever. Uh, I just I'm just gonna break in here real quick. Do you know how long it takes me to go through the different voices and hear how the different people say? <laughs> there's like there's like so many different like um, accents and things that I can choose from. I literally like, and that's why I got agitated because Rob sent me a message that took me to Messenger. And took me out of stream, out of the the flicks press that I create the stuff in, so I had to go through and recreate the fucking disclaimer because it got erased when I went through to read Rob's message. I'm like, ah. motherfucker! And but it was good because it made me go back and listen to the voices again for like another ten minutes to pick that one. Do you think that's, that was? The, an, did she say yeah, that word the funniest? Um. Well, there was one that sounded like a retard saying it, but understand you couldn't understand it really. So mm -hmm. I went with the Indian. I went with the Indian chick instead of the the Portuguese male who sounded like a retarded person. It was probably for the best. Thank you. Yes, very much so. Um. So anyway, one last time, words will be said out of my mouth that uh, should not be taken out of context and should not be taken seriously. There is no hate in my heart. There is no uh, discrimination, no nothing like that. However, I don't have a filter like everyone else on YouTube and the podcast world does. What, Mike? And uh, and we'll do uh, uh, words from the crypts um, after this. Yeah, real um, quick after this. Yeah. Yeah.
Okay, thank you, Mike. So one last final warning. Do not take anything I say too seriously in this final portion of the episode. With that being said, Rob, let's talk about this dark side of the ring, New Jack. I think the episode's called The Life and Crimes of New Jack. Yep. Jesus Christ. We are, we've done three episodes. This is episode three, I believe. Um, the first two episodes, I think we also did a Dark Side of the Ring episode, right? Yeah, we, all- did, we did the first drive from hell, and then we did the... It's been a while. It's been a while. Now, what did you think of uh, the New Jack episode? I was just going to say, out of everyone, all the ones that I've watched so far, this is by far my favorite one. And, and just like I was telling Mike earlier, it's not meant to be funny, but New Jack is ironically fucking hilarious, like, on the shit that he said. And again, yeah. warning about the part that I want to talk about the most here, because I'm not going to censor myself talking about it. Um, the, my favorite part of the documentary was when they were talking about how him, Paul Heyman, and uh, a couple of the others, they had to go to court. And they were having Paul Heyman, like, talk about what uh, that mass transit's father was saying to new jack and yep. he said well he called him the n-word and then they made him say it like for the record can you say it and new jack said he thought it was funny and it's just like i could just imagine how funny it was because to hear paul Heyman's voice say that like well your honor he he called him a nigger i'm sorry new jack he called him a nigger you know it's just, that shit's funny to me like, I laughed so fucking hard. And just to let everyone know, I watched this with one of my black nurses. She thought it was funny, too, because luckily for me, I have black friends that don't play the race card. But that's another subject for another type of show. But, uh, yeah, so tell me about um, tell me about some of your favorite uh, moments and your thoughts in general on the life and crimes of New Jack. So I'm going to tell you guys something that I've never told anybody before, but... The arena that um, New Jack uh, ended up uh, brutally hurting uh, mass transit. I've gone to see ECW several times there at that particular. Yeah. Uh, Revere, Massachusetts is actually only about less than an hour from here. That's awesome. So I actually got into ECW uh, the year after the mass transit uh, incident. And I remember saying to myself, like, why, why is it New Jack on the card? And people at, at the arena had to explain to me he was, like, barred from wrestling in Massachusetts for years. Yeah, because he damn near killed an underage teenager. Yeah, so it was – but it had that haunting feeling of, like, being in a place where, like, someone was brutally, like, ripped apart to shreds. Yeah. And I want to talk about three particular matches. We've already started talking about one. Okay. Mass, tra- mass Transit. So Mass Transit, uh, as you know, he lied about his age, and he also lied about his experience in the ring, because he he had said that he had several several matches, and they found out later on that I think he only had like maybe a handful of matches, and so he was very inexperienced going into this match with uh, someone who he knew was going to brutalize him, and to. What's the part where they actually say that he asked if he could get an offensive move in? And, you know, New Jack was just like, oh, fuck that shit. Like, and I, New Jack was like that. He he didn't want to be disrespected by someone that he felt was not to his level. Like, if, if, if Sandman said that or Raven said that, that's one thing. 
But this inexperienced kid who was basically brought in here as a brutality tool, asking if he can get offense in. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's just irritating. I'm not saying what New Jack did was right after that. I'm right. just that he he should have done his homework on who he was wrestling and what kind of brutality that uh, New Jack set out. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not trying to say that I'm on New Jack's side either for all the shit that he was a fucking psychopath. He probably should not been in wrestling at all. Like, and he's lucky he didn't fucking actually kill anyone. You know, he's lucky. Um, you know, and this is the part, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to give that warning because I, I don't like calling it the N word, but I also like to make it clear. I'm not saying it in a hateful way. I want to make it clear that no matter what he did, I don't think that the crowd or the guy's father should have been calling New Jack a nigger. Call him something else. Call him an evil prick son of a bitch. You could have called him any special, any kind of like thing other than that. I don't think that the, the that makes you just as bad um, as him uh, brutally, um, you know, hurting your son. Yeah. I, me and my nurse did have a laugh about that those moments because again, she's very laid back. But uh, me and her also both agree, and I think you'll agree with me as well that like that is uh, New Jack the pussy bitch. Yeah, they could have they could have turned that into a gimmick. Exactly. Um, if there is one thing that this documentary did cover, it's that how incredibly um, people just didn't want to give him a chance because of his color, because of his race, and and the fact that he was acting like a gangster in wrestling. And and his his tag team name was the Gangsters. So. He was yeah, a liability. He was a liability. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I, I did want to make that clear that I don't agree with what he did to mass transit, but I also really strongly disagree with how people reacted to him with calling him that terrible word. And then again, I know I was laughing about it two, three minutes ago, but making Paul Heyman say what, like, you didn't need to do that. Like, I don't know exactly how court proceedings work, but, you know, oh, for the record, can you say it out loud? They didn't fucking need to do that to them. It, yeah. it was, you know what I mean? It's whatever. Um, I'm glad that New Jack didn't go to prison for that because at the end of the day, that kid, it was kind of his fault for lying. He shouldn't have lied about any of that. Yeah. Um, New Jack shouldn't have fucked him up as much as he did, but the kid shouldn't have lied. That's my thought about that portion of the documentary. Uh, go ahead. Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> so uh, match, match number two was the Vic, the Vic Ryan's uh, scaffold match. Uh, yeah. when, when he pushed them harder than he should have. And they said that Vic Ryan was like two feet from landing outside of the ring. Well, well wait a minute. Let's talk about what led up to that first, right? Uh, because okay. He, go ahead. Um, was now I might be getting my matches mixed up, but this was the guy because I watched the actual ECW pay per view on the WWE Network years ago when it was a popular thing to do to rewatch old pay per views on the network before they went to Peacock. Um, yeah. I, it was the pay per view where him and New Jack went all the way up to the balcony and then he got scared and then New Jack pulled him off with him and then the guy landed on New Jack's head, right? Yeah. Okay, and then and then in order to get back at him, he was gonna he threw him off the scaffolding. Yeah, same yeah. shit, same thing. Like this is the one that I can't um, I can't justify at all what New Jack did. Like he, you could have fucking killed that man. Yeah. you know he tased him. Remember, I forgot about that. He had a taser. 
If it wasn't for that um that that table that he hit originally, if like those tables were moved over a couple of feet, he probably would have landed outside of the ring. But that that those tables broke part, partly his fall, and uh, that the table saved him basically. Right, and didn't they say that like the biggest injury he had was a dislocated like ankle or shoulder or something like that? Yeah, he got off scot free essentially. All things considered, like what was that? A fifteen foot high drop? Twenty. Twenty. Holy shit! Yeah. Anyway, no, I, you can't. Like, come on, dude. Like, I don't that I can't justify at all what he decided to do in that match. Um, I will say this: New Jack throughout the entire thing, he was drinking vodka while he was being interviewed, and he just kept talking about, man, man I was doing coke. I was doing fucking coke. I'm still going to do coke later. And <laughs> I know I'm jumping around, but like then at the end, when they said, if they make a movie about you, how do you want it to end? He said, I just won't be sitting in a wheelchair snorting coke. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was not prepared for the fucking insanity of this episode. I couldn't fucking believe it. Um, uh, and then talking about insanity was the last match I was going to bring up is against Jersey Joe, the 73-year-old man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and how Jersey Joe wasn't selling anything. And, you know, as, as a wrestler, you, you're supposed to be able to sell your opponent's moves to make it look more realistic than it, than it really is. Well, really isn't, I should say. But uh, I guess New Jack, they said New Jack was getting irritated by the fact that he was hitting him with everything, and Jersey Joe was just, like, not selling. So he takes... Right. He starts like hitting him with everything, and he start he starts stabbing this man. And I'm sitting there going like, "Wow!" Like New Jack has really finally lost it. The if the first if the first two he he actually has he stabbed him with something. It, I don't know if it was a knife, but it was like maybe like a piece of glass. And they said that the news reports said that he stabbed him like 21 times. New Jack goes. I stabbed him seven times. I counted each time. Nine times. Nine yeah. times. But I counted each time. Yeah, and that I, was funny. That's crazy that he he was actually counting the fact that he stabbed this man nine times. But Wait, yeah, I can't. So was this the same? Because I thought there was another guy that they profiled that he tried to cut and it just didn't cut him. So then he was like, or is that it, that's that's the seventy three year old man. Oh, okay. Was it the same? Okay, all right. And he did get arrested for this one, um, as he as well as he probably should have. Yeah, I mean, at that point in his career, New Jack was wasn't even a name really anymore. They were wrestling in front of like 40, 50 people. Yeah, and so he was. It was he was like trying to relive his past. And then when they were re-showing that footage to some of the people like Jim Cornette and that you were watching the reactions of people watching it, that was fucking great. Like, holy shit, is he stabbing him? There he is. There's New Jack. Yeah. And whenever New Jack would say the line, I don't give a fuck, it was so funny to hear him say it because he was all like, I don't give a fuck. Give a fuck. You know? <laughs> God damn yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, he was standing right over um, Mass Transit saying that. Yeah. Like, oh, y'all don't give a fuck. This man bleeds to death, motherfucker. Like, oh my God. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, that dude's fucking hilarious. 
He and in, in the interview, he's got a disgusting looking forehead, but it's like that's all the shit. Yeah, look at that fucking forehead. Look at his whole head. Oh yeah, my yeah. god. Like Alright, two, two two other known un, unknown facts about me. I actually met New Jack. Really? Yeah. When when he was allowed he when he was allowed to come back to Massachusetts was two uh nineteen ninety eight, I believe it was. And uh he had a match against uh, it, it was uh, him versus uh, Tommy Dreamer, and great! Oh my God, talk about the match of matches—the two most brutal guys at ECW going at it. But uh, he was at the concession stand because every this was such a you remember the term bingo hall? Yeah. Uh, well, this wasn't a, a bingo hall; it was a, a Greyhound racetrack, and they rented out a small portion of it, so they had a concession stand. Right there, so the wrestlers wouldn't even go backstage. They would go up to the concession stand and get a beer. So I, I actually just walked up to him. I was like, "That was a fucking killer match." He goes, "Thanks, my nigga." He said that to you? Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking great. I, <laughs> that's good. I really. The, oh and, man. And the second unknown fact was before he passed away, I was actually Facebook friends with him. Really? Yeah, he had okay. a. He would go live, drinking his fucking shit, and and just every other word hold was on, like, wait, "Okay, wait, hold on, who am I?" Really? <laughs> oh my god! He thinks he's good at impersonating me, but he's not. So, I was I I was just shocked about it. What the fuck? I, I didn't think he'd come up to like a, a white fan then say, "Oh, thanks, my nigga, yeah," you know. <laughs> but that's Basically, funny. He lived his life like that. They, I think I forget who it was, but one of the wrestlers who was part of the documentary said, "Sometimes you really didn't they even know your own." What? Sorry, Rob, he's black. They all say that, like when no. they meet like a person, they all no, like, "Hey, my I, nigga, hey, my but nigga." I didn't, but hey. I didn't. I didn't think that like he was okay. Fuck off, Mike. You piece no, of they, shit. They were saying how you didn't know who where New Jack ended and Jerome Young began, because a lot of wrestlers didn't even know who Jerome Young was. They only knew his his wrestler name. Yeah, I you know what? And I didn't even know until just a few days ago. He he's dead. He died yep. of a, like what a heart attack? I think. Yep. Not surprised. All that coke he was snorting. Yeah, so, I, was, uh, I actually was talking to Tommy Dreamer's girlfriend after, and she said that they they kind of knew it was coming because Dreamer worked with him a few times, and uh, he said that he just didn't look good at all. Like, um, and you're a TNA guy. He actually appeared. I, I didn't know this, but he actually did appear in a bunch of uh, matches in TNA. I don't remember that. What fucking year was that? I don't know, but it was the year that when they brought in like some of the extreme wrestling guys. Uh, so it was, it was probably around the time that the transformation was going to impact. Maybe that was like 2010 because when they were doing the hardcore justice thing. Yeah, because uh, I guess uh, Tommy Dreamer had brought in a couple of people. And, I don't uh, know why I don't remember that. I don't know. I'll have to look at let's see if I can find some matches on YouTube. but Yeah. You know what? Okay, you know why I don't remember that? Because 
I had a stomach surgery in 2010 to fix a weird problem. And I was, you know, I was recovering from surgery. So, and yeah, I don't remember a lot of that stuff because like I was all out of it watching TV. So yeah, I don't remember. Um, do you, do you remember the, uh, 2005 one night ECW stand, one night stand ECW pay-per-view that WWE did? I do. That, I mean, that was a great fucking pay-per-view. Like, yeah, the, the matches weren't all that great, but like just the, 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 the atmosphere of it and yeah. the fans and the matches weren't bad for the most part, maybe except for Rey Mysterio and Psychosis. Uh, that match yeah. really sucked. Um, yeah. You also got to see Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit on that card. You know, again, wasn't their greatest match, but it was still a good match. Yeah. Um, I, I remember always thinking like, man, I wish they would have just let New Jack have a, a, an appearance at the very least, you know? Yeah, I, like, I agree. I mean, they let Joe Gertner have uh, an appearance, even though it was neutered compared to how his promos used to be in ECW. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Yeah, that. That quintessential stud muffin. I mean, this guy would literally get on the microphone and talk about getting some pussy. And, like, he would literally say some wild shit with his own introductions. I think Mike would get along with Joe Gertner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, fucking New Jack. Like, I that was that was a great documentary. I I'm glad that he never actually killed anyone in the wrestling business because, like, you know what I mean. Like, people would look at him like the the way that they look at Chris Benoit if that was the case. If he actually did that, you know. But like, uh, they they did say that um that wrestler um uh Mass Transit. They said that he did die. Uh, years later, and they were trying to say it was from the injuries that he yeah. sustained, but that they, they nothing ever happened with that. It was his own fucking health issues, is what that was. Yeah. Uh, and that part was really funny when they asked New Jack. They said, "Well, how'd you feel about it?" He goes, "I didn't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Was my fault." Yeah. <laughs> fuck him. Yeah, yeah. Fuck him. Ah. Um. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was our new Jack segment. I uh, I, I didn't have to say the word any, as many times as I thought I was going to say it. But hey, if you still want to try to cancel me, uh, you can go right on ahead and do it. Um, before you're going to have to get through me first to cancel him. Yeah, and just remember, Rob said the word too, not just me. He didn't say the hard R version, but he said it. So cancel both of those. Wow. Anyway, I, I, I did the A version. Yeah, so it's all cool. Anyway, before we leave you guys tonight, we have a special little uh, event here on tonight's episode. Uh, Producer Mike, do you want to come in? I'm coming in, yes, sirs. Um, You're coming? I mean, really? 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 Anyway, go ahead. I I I I haven't seen that yet. That was my first you time. Seeing. You, you know, you gotta watch the other shows on the fucking network, fucker. I sent you near do well. I don't care. I'm not watching the other shit shows on the network. I only care about my shows. Well, 
Aaron's not going to be happy about that. Wait, let me say that again. Uh, it, it, I'll watch the shows that Aaron is a part of because Aaron puts together <laughs> graphics that I like. I will watch <laughs> Near Do Wells from now on. Anyway. Anyway. So. <laughs> That's all I take. Martin. Um, okay, so this is the, the, the cross-network game now. Um, where we take a different uh, screenshot um, from a crippled person and try to decipher it. This one is not as tough to decipher as the the um, last one that was on Near Do Wells. But um, would you would you like to see the one from Near Do Wells? Yeah, you sure. Try to decipher I, that. I, okay, I, we'll... I, I watched the episode already, so <laughs> I haven't. Yes. Well, okay. obviously. So that, that, let me. How does Cody do? Let me make sure that I um okay wait these are overlays okay I sure hope you um, have name, I sure hope you have names blurred out Mike because we don't need to be I, putting I, I do um okay. I don't have the one from Near Do Wells I took that out of the studio already so mm. um but uh, that was from uh, CP Girl as we all know um but uh, there's a clip of it on um, Facebook of just the uh, um words from the crypts uh, segment from near to wells if you want to watch that um okay but here's the one Jordan version yes here's the one from this from this uh for this uh episode my all family and my baby dog are best friends is that what it says my, my all my all fam my all family and my baby dog our best friends. What does that mean? You think, best Rob? Best friend. Best friend. It's, so it's yeah, not meant to be best. It's not meant to be plural friends. It's it's literally meant to be friend. Yeah. I think it, I think it's supposed to. I think the first two words are backwards. All my family and my dog are best friend. Or maybe the person's trying to say that the whole family loves the family dog and they consider the dog their best friend. I that's the best deciphering that I can do with it. Uh, I personally think that she's trying to say it is a she um, that that did this. Um, I think they're trying to say that all their family and their baby dog are their best friend. Okay, so, their so family and their dog are their best friends. So maybe she should have just called it a puppy then, because it's it's a baby dog. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's As I said, to, so okay. Um. As so this person is trying to say that, yeah, okay. This person, I believe, does have cerebral palsy as well, which does not bode well for the. This is why I hate um, disabled people um, and, you know, disabled people that are on social media because they give um, other people with disabilities a bad name because they're, you know, basically retarded. So there you go. Is that the only one you have for us? You said it was a game, and we only had one fucking one round. Newer well only had one, too. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, on that note, Rob, do you have any closing thoughts before we uh, end this episode? Uh, we can tell our viewers or viewers who watch this in replay uh, <laughs> that our next month's episode, we're going to be doing a retrospect of Nightmare on Elm Street. 
Yes. Uh, and um, expect a longer show than this one. Yes. Um, and, and we haven't talked about this, Rob, so I guess we'll go ahead and talk about it on the show. My suggestion is because I don't want to rush through the Nightmare on Elm Street movie talk. So uh, I, I it, it's my suggestion that next month's episode we uh, just do the subject of Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. We'll skip an episode for uh, Dark Side of the Ring or any kind of wrestling talk because I think it's going to take quite you, a while. You know, you know, you know what you could do. What? Since since Tales from the Crypt is only going to be on twice in December. No, why Mike. don't you just break it up into two? Um, you know, um whatever this show is called, Crossing the Streams. It's that simple. It's a solution. I, I support it. I'm behind it. Um, um, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Well, I vote no on that. Rob, make, what do you think? Make, make it so. No. Um, he sounded like Captain Kirk there for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I I like just the one episode. Um, it's just going to be an extended episode. Yeah. I mean, we might be doing like rabbit and bread radio time here on this one. Yeah, no, it, that's fine. Now, we can do that once in a great while. This episode was a little bit longer, but yes, next yeah. month's episode will be extra long. Um, I'm not sure what the exact date will be, um, so we'll come back to you with that information. Um, it's either going to be, and this is what I was going to ask you, Rob, do you want to try to do end of December or do you just want to do beginning of January? You know what I mean? Because if it's up to you. The end of December, it's when the, the holidays are. People are going to want to drink, get drunk, drive drunk, and kill people and whatever. And I don't know if they're going to be sitting in jail while listening to Crossing the Streams. Uh, it's up to you. We can try to do one. Uh, I don't know. We, what do you want to do? You want to try it? Do you have a calendar in front of you? Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah. Say something funny to the people while, while I pull this up. Say something funny to people, motherfuckers. Really? <laughs> so, uh, whatever the first Sunday of January I was looking at. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm sorry we didn't talk about this in private, but... That's okay. Um, we have a whole whopping uh, producer watching us. That's it. Okay, the first Sunday in January would be Sunday the 2nd. We could, you know what we could do, Rob, if you, and, and this could appease Mike just a little tiny bit, we could do, instead of doing a December episode, because there's Christmas and New Year's in December, we could do the Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective on Sunday the 2nd, and then if you guys wanted to, on Sunday the 30th, we could do a regular Crossing the streams episode, and then God back damn right, do it that way, yeah. Really? Anyway, really? So, really? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, okay. So that's that's what I that we could do that because you know yeah, Nightmare at Elm Street retrospective on January second, regular episode of. Crossing the streams on January Sunday the thirtieth. Yeah, we could do that. Let's let's do it that way. And then starting in February, we can go back to doing it. Maybe we could do it February twenty seventh. Maybe we'll, we ain't there yet. So I, I want to bring up one more thing before we end the show. Okay. What do you think of that promo with MJF and CM Punk? Oh my fucking god! I that. 
because I was watching it with my buddy Josh, and I, I, I mean, it was almost a twenty-minute promo, and it didn't feel like it. It, 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 it was so damn good. Like the real-life jabs that they were shooting back and forth at each other. After it was all over with, I looked back at my friend and I said, that, that's one of the best promos of the entire year on television, televised wrestling promos. I said that too. You know me. I'm a WWE guy. But, man, that promo had me on the edge of my seat for the next word. Yeah. Every word from both. I mean, I think MJF finally brought out the CM Punk that I've been waiting for. Because mm-hmm. I think C- CM Punk's run... I think what he said about CM Punk's run so far has been lackluster. But that promo, that reminded me of classic CM Punk promos. Yeah. I think it took someone like MJF to bring that out of him. Oh, definitely. And and MJF held his own, too, with that, that too. He held his own. They didn't botch. In the promo, like they, there wasn't like you know when you watch a WWE promo, they're stepping all over each other, they're they're slurring their words. It's like they don't have enough time to rehearse it. But this promo between them two, it was just seamless. You know, it it, it, it just felt real. I I don't know what else to say about it. I, I it is kind of weird that they're doing this feud with them two so early because. I don't think the next AEW pay-per-view is until March of next year. So, like, are they just going to keep this going until March? Or are they going to do – you know, I know that they're coming out with a big event, uh, a TNT Supercard event on Saturday. Uh, I, did they say – was it that January something uh, for that? Maybe they're going to do it for that. Maybe. Or maybe they're just going to have each other interrupt the other one's match so that the other one loses. Kind of like a one-upsmanship. It's time for CM Punk to lose. I'm just going to be honest about that. Like, if they don't want to have Punk lose to MJF, have him have him lose because of MJF, like you just yeah. said. So, you I, know what? I will say before anything else, this may turn me into an AEW fan. That's how good that was. That's how good that was. I mean, hey. I watch Dynamite, Rampage, and Dark, and Elevation. I watch all of their wrestling shows, whether it be on YouTube or television. And all of their shows are good. They have such a robust roster that even the mid-carters who wrestle on Dark and Elevation, it's still good. Like, because they can, they can wrestle, they can work, and they can cut promos. Um, you know, like the Gun Club is on Dark and yeah. Elevation quite a bit. Um... Uh, Adam Cole is going to be on Dark this upcoming week. Uh, next, uh, yeah, th- this upcoming week, a couple of days from now. Um, he's going to take on that one guy. I can't even remember what his fucking name is. But uh, I like Dark. Dark is actually a studio show. They they shoot it at uh, Orlando Studios? or No, it's Universal yeah. Studios. Universal. Yeah. So it's got that studio, small-time feel, kind of like how TNA was in the mid-2000s almost. Yeah. Um, and I like it. It's it's still AEW, but it's got a, a different feel to it. I, I, AEW is great. Like, I was just telling someone this the other day. Like, I, I'm not embarrassed to watch AEW. I'm not embarrassed to admit to other people I watch AEW. And it's like I feel usually pretty hyped up and happy 
when AEW, a, a, an episode of Dynamite or anything, Dark Elevation or anything, is, is done and over with. Because it's, it's usually a decent show and sometimes a fucking great show. What was your favorite um, jab? Hmm. Let me think for a second. Well, what was yours? My favorite one was when CM Punk called MJF a, a less talented uh, Miz. I was drinking soda when when he said that, and I spit the whole thing out. I I for, I liked MJF's insults a little bit better just because he like I think he he's he's right about a lot of that. Um, you know, he told Punk that for a straight edge guy, he looks like a fucking meth addict. I I think that was my favorite one. Um. You know, and Punk told him he was going to punch him in his little needle dick. That got a pop out of me, too. Yeah. Uh, and then what was it when Punk – was it Punk that said it to MJF? He said, you're going to be here long enough to where when Tony has a daughter, you're going to marry her or something like yeah. that. was good shit. Yeah. I think that might have been one of my favorites, too. But Jesus Christ, pretty much the whole promo was from start to finish was fire. Yeah. When MJF said, said, you might as well be preaching loyalty, hustle, or respect, I was like, oh, shit. Well, I also liked it when Punk told him that he wasn't even one of the four pillars anymore because he was replaced by Britt Baker. That And that's true, too. Like, yeah. I cannot believe the popularity. Like, Britt Baker's popularity has shot through the roof uh, in, in, in AEW. So. That was, that was a uh, Rocky Balboa fight. Yeah. Back and yeah. forth. That, so. Definitely. And that's all I got to say about it. It was fucking great. I do think that Punk needs to be handed a loss, but sooner rather than later. Because, I mean, do you agree with that, Rob? Like, I, Punk doesn't need to be looked. He doesn't need to look like he's invincible. He just no. needs to look like he has determination. Yeah, not at all. I think that, um, like, like we both talked about. I think MJF. Uh, maybe he won't lose MJF, but maybe MJF will make him lose to someone else by a distraction or. Give Punk no. Give um Daniel Gar give Daniel Garcia and Two another rematch at Punk and let Daniel Garcia beat him this time around because of MJF interference. Because I think Two and Daniel Garcia they need that elevation just a little bit because yep. they come off as complete badasses. At least Daniel Garcia does. They call him Red Death. I think. Um, yep. He had a main event match with uh, Eddie Kingston on Rampage just a couple of nights ago. That wasn't a bad match. But the thing is, he's losing almost every time. Yeah. Let that man win. I think that's what they need, him to lose to someone that is usually – I mean, yeah, Punk losing to someone that's usually losing a lot because I think that would sting more too. Yeah. Like I said, as long as it's a janky loss, like, you know, some sort of interference by MJF. And I think that's what they're going to do. I, I don't think – I don't foresee they them having MJF beat Punk in the match and between them two, but I do see Punk losing a match because of MJF. I, I see that happening soon. I agree. Uh, yeah. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I just saw Father Mahoney yawn a little bit, so that means it's the end of the episode. Uh, thank you guys very much for joining us on this episode. Again, the tonight's episode was a little bit different. We said a couple of words here and there that won't be repeated on future episodes. You can go ahead and be pissed off about us with this episode. Rest assured, we're going back to PC crossing the streams next episode, at least until the next time I want to say that word. But anyway, uh, 
what 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 would we say? January second, Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. Watch yeah. the movies if you want. Come into our chat room and talk with us about Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Go ahead. You are all my children now. Ha 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 ha. Or if it was New Jack saying it, then he would say, "Motherfucker, you're all my niggas now." <laughs> Never mind. That was a bad joke. Um. Join us January 2nd, Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective, and then we'll be back again in January, I believe, on the 30th for uh, another episode, uh, including subjects that we haven't determined just yet. Uh, you can help us determine that if you want to throw suggestions our way. Um, and you, like I said, you can come in, talk with us about anything you'd like in the chat room, comment on the posts, and uh, comment on the YouTube video in the future. Rob, I can't hear you. Can't hear you, Rob. Rabbit and Red Radio does have a phone number you can call to leave suggestions too. Do you know that number? I uh, I used to know it, but it's it's on the link when you uh you go to Rabbit and Red Radio. Mike, come in and give us that number. Here he it's is. Two one. It's two one five two four zero. Scroll it. Scroll it. Three nine. I will. Uh, you you just how, interrupted how about this? him. You I'll, just I'll interrupted him. I'll give it to you, and you guys can post it on your in your Facebook group and all that stuff. All right, I'll Whatever. send it to you on Messenger, and you can put it in your Facebook group. Whatever. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight. We will see you uh, January second. Have a good Christmas and have a safe New Year's. I don't expect any of you to die before uh, we do our next episode on January second. Nightmare Elm Street retrospective, not January second. We'll see you then. Bye.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.